or Miss Val's the reason why I realized that gymnastics doesn't define who I am. It doesn't give me any sense of validation. Like gymnastics is what I do. It's not who I am. So being able to have that pressure alleviated from me is kind of what allowed me to grow in the sport and outside of the sport and not having to live up to any sorts of expectations that other people placed on me is something that allowed me to really, really love the sport. And that took a long time to get there. Welcome to the Supporting Champions podcast. My name is Steve Ingham and I'm absolutely delighted that you've joined me on this episode. So I'm a performance scientist by trade, which means that I've spent my life thinking about researching and developing athletes and high performance teams. And this podcast is very much about exploring some of those insights and ideas with people who've been there and done it or people who've researched in real depth. So if you've been tuning into the podcast, then you'll know that Valerie Condos feel graced us with just two hours worth of so many insights and and philosophies. It was just rich with with ideas that we can all apply to to our life. So Miss Val is the coach of UCLA Gymnastics, but she's coached this gymnast, Caitlin Ohashi, to this incredible routine that has gone viral just recently. So in this week's episode, we get to speak to Kate herself. And in this interview, uh, we speak about that routine, how it was put together, um, the inspiration behind it, which is fascinating, some of the positive and negative influences on her life. The fact that Kate is an active blogger and poet, that she uses her platform to communicate about some critical issues such as body image and body shaming. Um, And now at the age of 21, one of the most famous athletes in the world, uh, for someone with the world at her feet, we ask the question about what next? Uh, This was just as her routine. This was a fun interview. It was also quite poignant. Uh, someone who's got real ambition and insight. Uh, So it's just wonderful to speak to someone who's inspiring others to a more positive way of life. What a treat. Kate Ahashi on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're in your you're in your kit. What's been up to this morning? What's your morning been like? Uh, this morning we had practice and we started at seven forty five. Um, around nine o'clock, a little girl with Make a Wish came in with a gastrointestinal disorder since she was born, and so her one wish was to come to the UCLA gymnastics team, which I just actually after the fact I found out that she had watched my video, my floor team that. Um, went viral. So that's how she got into UCLA gymnastics. So it was really amazing to see that that sparked interest in our whole entire team and that that's her one wish and also inspire the rest of our team because this one disorder did not define her. And she was so amazing and positive and had all the sass you need to be brewing. Okay, right. So, right. I'm already tuning into this routine that's that's gone absolutely nuts. I mean, I looked at the stats. Just every video that's been posted has got like 40 million, 60 million views on it. Um, but but the SAS already that you're connecting with, that that brewing 
uh, that that, some, that style that you're that seems to be infectious that that has caught a light. So let's not let's not miss a, a beat there. So that sounds like an amazing thing to to give back a little bit to to a young girl uh, who's suffering a little bit there, but she's got um, hope and she's got an attitude that you could you could say, yeah, go girl. Yeah, no, she was she was so so amazing. Fantastic. So, so how, so you you've kind of gone viral before, but what, what, how's this year been for you? This has just been a bit mad. It's crazy. I think it's funny because yeah, right. So I went viral last year, and the routine caught on a lot faster than it did this year. And so you kind of think back, and I'm like, wow. Like honestly, I think timing is literally everything, and timing could not have been better this year. I think last year it kind of opened the door so people could continue to watch an eye out, keep an eye out for me. And then this year, it just the different types of people that have caught on to it and like people that are very well known have seen it. And a lot of like people from different backgrounds, like senators and stuff like that. Um, But it just allows me to have this foot in the door for the rest of my career now that I'm a senior. And I, I don't know if I would have been ready for all of that last year. And I feel like the type of person, like I've been setting up for a couple years now, and it's not like I'll ever be fully like stepped into who I am, but I think I'm very secure and grounded in who I am. And I think I have a lot to say with this platform that I have now. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get into that and ask you a bit about the the cause, because it's not just the, it's not just a routine that that you represent um but can let me can you ask you about the routine um because i mean tell me about that first set of tumbles it was just to, i i don't like going upside down as much as anything i i if i'm looking under my bed or something that's about as much as i, I will affect gravity what what's that first tumble what is what it, can you describe it for me um so it's called a split double a which typically Oh, you do double A with your feet together. Um, the split got taken out in after the 92 Olympics, I believe. So um, I had to resubmit it into the code of points because it didn't exist as a skill anymore. And, you know, it it's pretty, I don't think, yeah, so I'm the only one doing it right now. It is a difficult pass. And, but I, I literally love challenging myself because it's like, what's the fun in keeping the same routine that like, you know, obviously the dance changes every year, but to be able to up every single year, my goal this year was just to go out with a bang. And the, <laughs> I guess I'm on the right path, right? But the split double is like one of my favorite passes. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, I, I had to slow it down or rewind it just to watch over again, just to, just a sense of, uh, what was that in the middle there? And, <laughs> uh, and then you nail the landing as well. Um, I, 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 you actually had me hooked in with just the initial Proud Mary groove as well going on right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, was, what I found fascinating was the switch from the groove to to you get just I could see your eyes just flip and right now it's performance time in terms of the physical uh, demand of those the technical routines that must have taken a hell of a lot of practice to to be able to almost practice that so it looked seamless and looked easy um yeah so I feel like me as a gymnast before I was always like super serious. Like if if you watch videos from back in in the day when I was like 14, 15, 16, like you would see absolutely no smile. And it's kind of that 
I guess that was where most of my practice came in. But I had always, I had always been a silly kid. Like I always wanted to have fun during <laughs> stuff like that. And so I feel like being in college, it kind of allowed me to do that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you are doing hard passes and it isn't all fun and games. Like you, it's serious stuff. So it's like, I'm out here having the time of my life, but I do know when to tune it in, like dial in and be like, all right, say your cues when you go. Um, so you can, you know, still do gymnastics with, yeah, and hit the yeah. landing. I've, I'm not sure you can do the same sort of sass during a vault, can you? But, um, where, but you're but landing it and then going straight into some, some more Tina Turner moves. Um, whilst most people would just be gathering themselves or moving, transitioning into the next phase or the next tumble. Um, yeah, that, that, that seemed so effortless, but to me felt like it was, you really got on your game to nail the technical side of it so that you could play with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's what Miss Val's always noticed about me. Cause she's like, even on beam before beam, I'll like be dancing and like goofing off. And then, but I salute <laughs> it's like go time and I get razor sharp focus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a, there's definitely a sense of this being a bit, uh, completely different we it was so infectious in that sense it was like Usain Bolt uh before the 100 meters uh dancing and grooving and then performing whereas before it was just so serious on the start line so I felt sorry for the girl that was doing bars as you started there was a girl doing bars in the background <laughs> and I thought <laughs> oh she, no one's gonna be watching her at all <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. I hope you don't know her. And um, I, I honestly didn't even see that. But yeah, pro- right. That's I know. <laughs> when I like hear the people like cheering when we just salute, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, come on, give the rest of the team love too. Like everyone's doing such hard stuff. That, like you can't ignore the rest of everyone else. So what was this about? You you struggling to clap on the beat. What was that all about? Okay, I'm blaming it because it was so loud in there that I just like couldn't hear it. But it, in reality, I suck at clapping on beat. Like I just, <laughs> I in practice every single day, I mess up. I have my teammates on the side for a reason. Like you know, you see them dancing along with me, which yeah, like. But some stuff like I actually need them there. Like I need them dancing so I can see when to clap. <laughs> so oh. you can they they cheer louder for me clapping on beat than like the actual passes that I make. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, I, I can do that. So that's good. So you had the moonwalk in there. You had everything. Did you have to think about putting the running man in there? Bit of MC <laughs> Hammer. I don't, I, I'm, just, I'm just offering a bit of choreography, you know, just a bit part time. If I had another year left, I would for sure take those suggestions. Yeah. But we typically stay, we stay with the whole routine, uh, with one routine for the whole season, which I'm like, oh, I know I need, I need to switch it up now. Right. Yeah, Running Man, I I've often try and suggest to Rosie, my eldest daughter, some some choreography input. None of it's stuck yet. So if I could get, get you to introduce, what I've been trying to get in is a double bicep and then kiss the biceps. Okay, um, I like it. I like it. Yeah, just if you could put that in, then I'd, I don't know whether it affects your scores. It might drag them down a bit. but right now, I, Rosie, Rosie, listen to your dad. And do yeah. the double bicep and kiss, kiss. Yes, thank, <laughs> thank you. That's that yeah. is worth a lot. That's all I wanted to talk to you about. 
<laughs> so, so you mentioned Miss Val there. Um, how how important is Miss Val to to you and your career, and what she's created at UCLA? Um, I think she will forever leave her legacy at UCLA and in my life. I think it's funny when I look back. I'm like, if I would have gone anywhere else, I don't even know if I would still be in gymnastics. One and two, like my life would be so different. Like I don't think any of this would have been possible and to have this much fun in the sport. Um, I, I had like a very rough past in the sport and like, it's, um, to be able to come here and see the other side of gymnastics and someone who isn't concerned with results necessarily. I mean, obviously every, the goal is to win right in, in gymnastics, but I was just telling her the other day, I was like, you've mastered being able to get all this recognition without producing results. Like you've, in years prior to, she, we hadn't won since 2010, but everyone's eyes were always on UCLA gymnastics. And that's, that is her, that's because of her. And like to be able to trust my coach and have a bond with her that like is literally probably as close as my mom. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. I've seen a little excerpt on, um, on the web where you're fist bumping together and it's genuine. You're, you're saying, I love you, love you. And it's a genuine connection about, uh, about you two together performing in some ways. Yeah, no. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have this. Well, probably because at first I was, a, she calls me like a deviant child. I don't believe her. I don't believe it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had, we had to really work at it, I think, because it didn't just come like natural or anything like that. Like we, we butt heads like this. Okay. <laughs> and so I think finally, you know, I, I realized that my rebellion and it was kind of like I was taking out all my hatred from previous coaches and previous stuff I had dealt with with the sport. I was almost self-sabotaging myself and taking it out on my coaches that I have here now. So just figuring that out kind of made me realize that, like, she's on my side. And, like, she also took the time to, like, make me realize that she was on my side. So you've had to work at the relationship. Uh, it's been something you've you've both actively had to find a way. It wasn't just a come on in, Kate. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna transform you. Um, and you were just like, yeah, tell me, oh wise one. Um, you you had to work at this. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty broken, I would say, in terms of like the my character and everything like that. And I think that was a process for me. I had a lot of baggage that I had to finally let go of for her to let her in. Okay. So can, can you tell me a little bit about that? That was that uh, your previous uh, gymnastics upbringing, um, previous clubs you've been at, previous coaches? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've spoken a bit about it in um, my blog and stuff, but I would say when I when I first called Miss Val, I was about 16 years old and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just not happy. She was like, can I ask you something? When was the last time you were happy in gymnastics? And I was like, I can't even remember. I was probably 11 years old before I ever went elite. And, you know, as we, we talked, we talk about the whole um, sexual assault thing and and it wasn't it was more so the culture that enabled that to happen. And I think that's that's the culture that I was used to before coming to gymnastics. It's 
the abusive mental like culture that suppresses our voices. And I never had a voice in gymnastics in my career before. So coming here to be able to have a voice and be heard and listened to was something I had never experienced before. And it, I would say it stifled my growth because I was always told you have to do this. You can't do that. If you don't succeed in gymnastics, you won't succeed as a person. You'll only flip burgers for the rest of your life. Or Miss Val is the reason why I realized that gymnastics doesn't define who I am. It doesn't give me any sense of validation. Like gymnastics is what I do. It's not who I am. So being able to have that pressure alleviated from me is kind of what allowed me to grow in the sport and outside of the sport and not having to live up to any sorts of expectations that other people placed on me is something that allowed me to really, really love the sport. And that took a long time to get there. So you were, you were at the top though. Uh, you were still a high performer uh, under this quite oppressive regime, this lack of growth, being told you can't do things, uh, people beating you down emotionally as uh, maybe verbally in that sense. Uh, but you're still at the top of your game, but you weren't content. You weren't flourishing in that sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, you know, when injuries happen, um, I think there's a quote I put in my blog and I was like, it's not, it wasn't a result of a physical burnout that I had all these injuries. It was a result of a mental burnout. And I think that happens so, so frequently that we see these athletes that just their bodies can't handle it anymore. And it's like, what if they had a positive environment? What if their mind was healthy and everything like that? And they had people building them up instead of tearing them down. Like how far could you go in a sport like that? And like by no means is my body great, but like I found a way to maintain it and have all these results still. It's because I put in hours of work. I've, you know, and I found what my body needs exactly. Uh, interesting to sort of ask your thoughts on where this this negative culture comes from, because because um, abusing somebody, uh, suppressing them creates stress in their body, uh, which in itself makes them more prone to injury, makes them more prone to illness, um, burnout, as you say. So even if somebody was, even if this is coming from a competitive place, we want you to compete. It's all about results. That's not actually that smart to do it that way and oppress people because that's how you break people. I think, I think it's what my coaches grew up, grew up knowing, you know, when you're coached a certain way, it's kind of what you grow up hearing. It's what you kind of know. And if that produces results, then you're like, okay, that's the one way to produce results. Like there's, it's a mentality of it's my way or the highway basically, you know? So I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily anyone's fault. It's just, it's just the way they grew up and it's the way they were brought up as to why they thought it was okay. And it continues to grow. And I think that now in recent, I feel like the whole culture is trying to continue this shift that UCLA gymnastics strives for and college gymnastics in general. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, like gymnastics can be this amazing, fun sport that, kids can prosper in by having fun. Yeah, that seems to have done that. And you, you are, I think you're leading the way in this, not, not least in how you've performed. Um, a number of sports have suffered over the years. Uh, cycling, for example, because of the doping cheats. 
but then yeah. they get someone else succeeds and then they get replaced with an, someone else they suspect that is doping. Whereas here you've added, you've added something that makes people feel alive with your performance style as much as the routine, which is just in, almost seems like it's refreshed the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I surely hope so. I think it's funny because uh, someone was like, this is exactly what we needed in the sport. Um, and it, it's true, like, the sport has had such negative feedback for such a long time. And, you know, this it's not the sport that's bad at all. Like, the sport is so amazing and has taught me so many lessons and so many things. And I would not be the same person I am today if it weren't for it. You know, gymnastics isn't a bad sport at all. It's some of the people that were allowed to dictate the girls' futures and stuff like that. And I think that's what enabled it. But I think everything's starting to shift. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And I, I think that's, uh, that's a real thing. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what your plans are for the next few years, but maybe you've got to keep going just to, just to make sure you keep driving it. Uh, <laughs> It's like your responsibility. I'll ask you that in a bit. But whilst whilst you're going through that, you so looking through your blog, it's um, hugely powerful. So for people that are listening in, behindthemadnesssite.wordpress.com. But or you said it might change, might change its site. But that's, it might. That's the, I, I'll be keeping everyone posted on that um, in terms of what's next. I have, I think I have a website already bought, but I'm restructuring everything and kind of wanting to add in writing photography and just maybe a little bit of fashion here and there but yeah I want it to be like super interactive as well like I love to start conversations with people because it's like I by all means don't know everything and I don't try to act like I do I have my opinions and I think everyone's entitled to their own so starting conversation and hearing where everyone comes from is one of the greatest ways to learn but it feels at the moment like it's a resource okay so if you're branching out into fashion and so on uh, that would be that that would uh, sit quite hard next to some of the articles you've written, uh, yeah. some of the po- poems that you've written. They are truly moving and uh, amazing pieces of creative art about some quite hard issues, particularly around body image, uh, body shaming, and the sexual abuse that went on. Uh, I read some earlier today, and oh god, I was genuinely moved and and. Uh, only the only the responsibility of speaking to you. I thought I've got to keep scrolling. I've got to read through this because this is this is tough. Thank what, you. What drove yeah. you to write this? Um. So it's funny. Like me and my friend were just sitting around one day, and we were like, "Wow!" Like I don't know. You get to college, and I think the people you can you choose who you surround yourself with, and we just found ourselves around so many negative people, and we're like why are these people so like unhappy when there's so many things to be grateful for? And that's kind of how the blog started. So we just started brainstorming ideas of things we would think about on the daily and start talking about. And then one day we were like, okay, like let's do a body shaming series because I feel like everyone's gone through that. And especially us. And we went and did our research on certain, like other people's stories. And then we decided to tell our own. And at first it's like, we didn't know what we were doing. Like we were just, coming up with content, things we thought about on the daily. And then all of a sudden you start getting all this feedback from people like, I go through that too. Like you're, you help me so much and not feel alone. And it's crazy to hear everything. And then 
the sexual assault poem came from, obviously. So I went to the museum, actually, and there was a photograph called Anna, uh, by Anna Mendieta called Rape Scene. And it was heavy. Like, it was so hard to look at. And you're just like, but this stuff happens. This stuff happens all the time. And it happened to be just in the meat of when everything was going down with the sexual assault cases. And I was like, I need, I need to write this. And so I sat down one day and I just, it was so, it was so easy to write almost like, um, and it was, yeah. So basically that's what inspired all of that. And then, and then you can see, I talk about, I'm trying to go into a mental health series, but just health in general, I have a lot of, um, autoimmune diseases. And so I shared very graphic and personal information on that blog because it's like, no one talks about it. Like I literally thought I was like, something was wrong with me. Like I'm, I'm involuntarily going to the bathroom at the most unfortunate times. Like I can't even walk around campus without my stomach, like hurting and me almost like, like I can't make it to the bathroom. So it's like, I felt so alone and so embarrassed and I didn't say anything for months. I went with symptoms of ulcerative colitis from November until June when I finally got my colonoscopy and I talked to a holistic doctor and she's like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you went that long because people are constantly coming, like going to the bathroom with, they have that. And I was going through school. I was going through competition season and all this stuff. Plus, I had so much stress on top of me because on top of all that. And that's even worse for your stomach. So, like, I was just doing it all blind. And so to have to be able to have a platform to share that stuff where someone might be able to uh, relate is just that's what I want. So and it's a hugely noble thing that you've done, but but you're doing it for the it seems like the greater good for people that that might be in a similar situation. Uh, whether it is around body image so that they can look in and say, I'm feeling the same way so that there's a, there's an empathy there that people can connect and don't feel alone. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, because yeah. that's how you felt. Yeah. I would definitely say that's a, a lot of, a lot of it and empowering people to, you know, share their stories. Cause we are, we aren't alone. And it, when I found my voice, that's when I found like true happiness. So I just want to encourage other people to not feel like they can't say what they're going through. So can, can I ask you about how important writing is? Because, uh, so when did you, when did you go to UCLA? When did you transition into the, that environment with Miss Val? Um, so I got to UCLA in 2015 and okay. I would say, um, I started writing a lot when I was going through my whole, like, I got injured and I was out of gymnastics for two years when I turned 16. And so I was, it's like, I was happy, but at the same time, it was like a facade. Like I had the one thing ripped out of my life that I was defined by. So it's like, I wasn't happy with myself. I didn't know who I was. And that's kind of when I got into writing and I think that almost saved me in itself. And so when I came here and continued to actually get serious about writing um, and see how it affected other people is was like, oh, wow, like, you know, my writing saved myself. But my writing also is it appears like it's in a way saving other people or at least making them feel like 
a type of way. And that's so, so inspiring. So some of these posts are are dated quite a while ago. These are sort of almost like diary entries. So it sounds like you're keeping a a journal of your thoughts and your feelings and your responses to these dark situations. What did it give you to as an outlet? I didn't feel like I had anyone to go to that could understand or relate. So when you write things down and it was, it's like, you know, it's personal. It's like your own stuff that you don't want anyone else reading. And, but like at the same time, it's just getting it out, like getting all this anger out, getting all these thoughts that you can't even, when you write down, like I never know what I'm going to write and I never know the answer, but as I'm writing, it almost formulates answers for me. So you can kind of debrief and understand everything you're feeling. Like I'll sometimes go to the beach. Like if I'm having a bad day, I go to the beach. That's my go-to. I bring my journal. It doesn't matter the weather. I bring blankets. I bundle up and I just free, free write. And you figure out like I can, I'll have so many emotions in my head that I can't even understand and grasp. But as soon as I write it on paper, it's like it's all coming to life. And you're like, wow, like. I'm understanding what I'm going through right now. Like I'm getting it. Like I'm, I can move for on now. I can move forward from this. Like the, the paper is kind of waiting for you to synthesize your thoughts and it's your responsibility to the paper to, to get it down. And, and it, as, as you're trying, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And not even, it's like a responsibility to myself too. Cause what, what is life if you go through like, everyone goes through kind of like you kind of feel like lost in a sense, but to bottle it in, like it's, it's my duty to really understand it and get it out and not be stuck in this mind state forever. You know, you're not growing. So I'm, it's my doing myself a favor by trying to get it down and understand it all. Yeah. So it's not just writing though. You, you're a good poet. Yeah. Uh, I start, I started that my junior year in one of my classes. And then um, I got inspired like what, last year last year or so someone in my class was so good at poetry and I was like wow like I don't know like I used to write a lot of poetry so I was like let me get serious about it let me start like implementing it and that's kind of when I just would just sit down and bust out some poems and I realized I was like okay like yeah yeah I'm good you know I write I have a lot of things that I care about and a lot of things that like I've experienced that I can write firsthand and a lot of things that, and some things that I haven't experienced firsthand, but I have people around me that have, and I can get insight and I can, I can pretend like I did feel that. So you need, you've got uh, Miss Val, who's a classically trained ballerina and a pianist, you with the poetry, you've got like, you just need somebody who can paint and do gymnastics. You've got a, got it all covered then. Right, right. So you're still campaigning around this area, you're still representing the the issues around that body image and shaming, and and standing up for causes that you that you truly care about. Yeah, I think with this platform, there's not really a better timing timing for everything. You know, like I've been doing the, I've been standing up for these causes, and now that it's like I have people eyes on me what better way or like what better way this could have happened for me to get my voice out and these issues to be finally heard now. And so if people are listening in that, that are in, whether it's body image or whether it's something else that they're they're suffering with a little bit, 
what's what's your sort of advice to them? What how would you coach them? What would your support be? I think it's understanding that sometimes sometimes life does get dark. It sometimes is hard to cope with and but I think there's always a way out of it, like being on the other side of something and taking time away from it and fully understanding it and grasping it and finding a way to move forward. Um, I don't think joy and love go hand in hand. So sometimes you can love something, but not always be having the most fun with it. And to keep persevering forward from that is something that everyone could keep on doing. You know, sometimes it's like you love life, but it might not always be fun to do. And you just have to keep going forward because you will you will find happiness at some point or a brighter moment or something to live for. And finding inspiration every single day, whether it's in the slightest thing like making your bed or listening to someone else speak. Like I love having deep, meaningful conversations with people because I get inspired by it or listening to a video of someone give a speech. I get so excited and just it gives you a push of energy like every single day. Yeah, I love that. But uh, Brené Brown, the psychologist, talked about, uh, she talked about having like an inner circle, the the people that you really truly value their thoughts. And, and I don't know if you, this is something you can relate to, but, but those people online that, that just criticize uh, and just throw comments in for the, for the sake of it. And her her guide is: Do are they are they in the circle or not? And if they're not, then don't attend to their op- opinion um, as a particular method. Um, but I love your idea about that that perseverance and can and taking time out because what you're referring to in, in your gymnastics career has been has been actually probably people whose opinion you do care about. <laughs> Um, and it's mattered, uh, that they have, have taught you in certain ways. I really, I really like that inner circle because I've realized, you know, like, I think sometimes we allow people to be in our lives and I've had to go through a decent amount of, um, people. It's like almost get taking it, getting taken advantage of and going through things that I know I didn't deserve and f- truly finding myself worth. Um, so having that inner circle is really, truly important because, you know, you, you are affected by the people you allow in. And at times it's like, Oh, like, you know, I don't really care. Like they're cool, but they do some messed up stuff, but like I can keep going, but it does affect you at the end of the day. So that having that tight knit and knowing who your inner circle is and who truly cares about you and can give you, um, I guess, refuel you the best and, um, going in terms of comments and reading that, I think someone gave me a really good piece of advice too. It's like everything's energy. So you can read it and then it just goes through you. Like you can't let it consume you. You can't let it stay inside of you, affect you negatively or positively. It just goes through you and then out and it's over with. You read it and you're done with it. You can't think about it. You can't because at the end of the day, I always, this is horrible, but I envision like the person in dodgeball. That's just so unhappy at the end. He's like eating chicken wings and he's like, eating it's like that's what I envision the person doing behind the the screen typing out these messages because it's like I don't know who has the time in the day to do to type out something hurtful to someone (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, I sometimes want to comment and be like, it's obvious you need a hug. Like you need love. Like I will yeah, give okay. you, I will give you a hug if that's what you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're offering free hugs out. It's going to be a cue. Um, I'd like to ask you a little bit about the, the routine. So it's quite heavy. You, you've got a bit of a background of, of a bit of Michael Jackson, a lot of Michael Jackson previously. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it starts with Proud Mary. Tell me the relevance about that. So, um, yeah, we sat down for a really long time. We had like six people come in and we were throwing out ideas and everything like that. And, um, you know, I think the intention was to find really joyful music and also something impactful in like my life. So, for instance, Tina Turner has like a domestic violence background and she also stands for women empowerment which I would like to say like I stand for a lot of women empowerment and um domestic violence is something I'm extremely passionate about um yeah so in in terms of like who I've led into my inner circle I think when I wasn't exactly healthy I let relationships that shouldn't have stayed stay and it's almost it's a it's a mental or it's a it's a psychological thing almost at the end of the day and I think she relates very heavily to me. So that was something that was very intentional to start off with. And then for Michael Jackson, you know, he he brings so much joy when you listen to his music. So not as much about him, but his what his music brought was just an element that needed to stay in. And um, Janet Jackson, of course, is just amazing. And has like a great beat to her. So we were just, yeah, it took a long time, but I think everything started coming together and it was so evident that it was just like, oh, this is amazing. Six, so six people coming in to, to craft the, the, just the music was that, or as well as the choreography? Yes, the music. And then we had, I think it was, there were four of us on the choreography. We had two, I, two of my teammates help a lot with that. And then Miss Val, of course, and then me. And then I guess you could say YouTube. Like I would sit there. It was so funny. Miss Val's on literally because we we did it way too late. <laughs> like we started everything so late. So it's winter break now. Like and we still don't have a routine put together. So we're on FaceTime. Like she's like, okay, do this here. And we're like singing kind of back and forth to each other. And like, she's showing me and I'm showing her my feet and she's like, no, no, left foot, left foot. And I'm like, <laughs> it was so, it was such a mess. And then I have videos on my phone, like of me uh, singing and I'll be like, okay, this part of the routine, I'll go, ah, and then I like do the dance and I'm like, what do you think of that? And like, oh, it's so funny, but yeah, it was, it was a craft to put together. Wow. And so that's, that's, you should share that. That would be amazing. Just to, to, to share people with people, the, the, the thought that's gone into it and the, and how you're responding, how you're coaching those, those fine details that you, you don't really appreciate when, when you're watching a performance. Yeah. Yeah. You right. You've got to share that. Um, so there's quite, there's quite a significance to that proud Mary, but, but, but that it's it is an uplifting song, and you're uh, you're really giving it some right from the off in that sense, um, and transitioning into something that that is joyful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because I whenever we were like thinking about Tina Turner, I was like, oh, like I wish, but it's 
we need something faster. We need a fast beat. And so they found like the perfect part of the song to start it off. And we were like, okay, like, yeah, it all, it all really came together very beautifully. And the alum Ariana Berlin's the one that put everything together and she has a huge dance background. So that's really cool. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks to her that everything worked out. And, and in terms of the conditioning that you've got to do, because it's something like that split drop that you do that, that's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started that last year because so I think I was I kept messing up my last pass and I'm like, what's happening? Like, I don't know why. And Simmons was like, it was, the routine's missing something anyway. So we kind of just she was like, I want you to land in the splits. And I ha- one day I just came in practice and I flying in the air coming down and I was like screaming. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> on the way down, you can hear me across the gym. <laughs> And so I'm like screaming and then I end in the splits and I happen to bounce back up just by default because of the spring floor. So it kind of just stuck and we're like, all right, this works. I'm going to do it. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt as bad as it looks. No, no. That's, it's all right. Yeah. I'll give it a go later. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so looking back over the archives, you've just over the last few years, you've put some real um, that sass into your performances. Um, and that's, that sounds like it's been a deliberate thing to, to connect with this joy of performing gymnastics. Um, yeah. Tell me about how that feels in the moment whilst you're actually performing, um, because you would have done this routine hundreds of times. Um, you've got to recreate this sort of special spontaneity of, of actually performing it for the first time in some ways. What it looked like, felt like it was freestyling as well as amazingly choreographed. Yeah. Well, you should have seen last year. It's funny because I literally, I, that routine came together because I freestyled for like a month. And so oh, we'd, okay. we'd find new pieces every single time I'd go and just kind of piece it together. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. Um, I guess over the years, right, like, I feel like I've kind of just gotten more comfortable with myself and kind of figured it out. So I feel like that's kind of where my confidence has come from and the sass and the character and everything like that. Um, I don't know, I guess, too, Michael Jackson just has a way with his music, kind of brings everyone together, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. You do have to, it's like, it is something new every single time. And it's not necessarily like you have to work at it because it's a new crowd every single time you go and it's a new set of people watching and it's a new, like you can't repeat, I can't repeat my skills the same way any time, any given time. So you never know what it's going to be like when I go. So I think um, just really having as much fun as possible is the only thing I go in thinking and what happens happens and I just go out and have fun. Yeah. Okay. There's a freedom to that. I think that's when you have a lot of tension as an athlete, it can reduce, can reduce your performance. It, it tenses the muscles. It stops the movement being free in that sense. So, so you've got the, the fun element, which is performance enhancing fun. Yeah. 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 So did I, did I read correctly that you have uh, an origin, your, uh, your origins from Japan as well as uh, from the U S yeah, so I am half Japanese and half German. My, but, and both my parents are third generation of those. 
So there's a certain Olympic thing going on next year. Is that something that you're interested in in Japan? Because you've just performed in Seattle, haven't you? Which is your home town, which is and then I could really like home home. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So basically, I feel like gymnastics is different in terms of the way our bodies work. Um, we peak when we're 16. And gym- gymnastics, there's like two paths, right? Like the Olympic path and like the college path, which are most of the time like independent of each other um, and very, very separate. So I was on the path to the Olympics, right, when I was very, very young, like 12. And then when I turned 16, like when all these injuries started coming about and my body literally can't handle more than I train right now. And for the lead, it's a, it's a little bit more. It's it's um, and I feel like it's like I've experienced such joy and such a good I have such a good relationship with the sport right now. It's like, why well, I, I don't need gymnastics to make me feel successful in the sport. I don't need the Olympics to make me feel like I've done my job. Like I'm happy where I am right now. And I don't think I'd want to leave on any other note than where I'm at. So plus not to mention like the Olympics is literally four people go every four years. You know, my skills are cool, but it's not, it's not the Olympic level whatsoever. (laughs) So like I'm on a different, I'm on a different level than the Olympics. Maybe, maybe I'll be like a halftime performer. Now <laughs> I went to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I carried someone's water. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So what next for you then? So if not, if not Japan, Tokyo Olympics, what, what's next for you? You said April, April 21st is a real pivot day for you. Um, what have you got left to, to, to do in your gymnastics career? And then what next for you? Um, yeah, so I have a couple more months in the sport and it's, it's obviously like the big picture would be the national title, national championships and winning that. And so that's what our team is like very focused on right now. And after I'm done with my college career, it's graduating in June, first of all, first and foremost. And then, um, you know, I have my poetry stuff that I've been working on for a while and I have some works in progress about things I'm really passionate about and creating visuals to go along with that. So hopefully in the future, you'll see a couple, a couple books that I want to come out with. Um, and then in terms of like, I have an internship lined up with players tribune as soon as I have time to go out there to New York and then Hopefully, shoot, I really hope to be on Dancing with the Stars in the fall. And then Steve Harvey, we need to get the whole gymnastics team on Family Feud. Um, and then um, I have a lot of long-term goals, but nothing really set as to how to get there. But I want to do a lot of work with domestic violence, um, homelessness, and um, a program that is more the emotional effects of um, sex education. The more emotional side of sex education, I guess you'd say. Wow, and you're going to do that with all sass, I'd imagine, and and vim and zing and fun as well. Um, <laughs> you should, there's a there's a, a UK version of Dancing with the Stars. It's called Strictly Come Dancing. Um, wow, and it's yeah, but I reckon 
I reckon you'd do well. It's it's. If I don't get on, if I don't get on Dancing with the Stars in America, I'm coming out to the UK, and I'll be on okay. the show. <laughs> All right. So we need to make a connection there. We need to yeah. try and get that connection. That's staying in the podcast, uh, and we'll <laughs> just just leave it there. See what happens. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> It sounds amazing. It sounds uh, like the next phase of your career in life. You've still got stuff to do by the, by the sounds of it, but it sounds like the next phase is going to be um, equally amazing for you. Um, so, Kate, I just want to I just want to say thanks. You've been uh, you're a amazingly strong, powerful athlete, but you're an amazing entertainer. But it's just ch- chatting you, to you today. You you're a real thoughtful, caring, and ambitious person too. That that I think an awful lot of people are going to take. Uh, amazing amount of spirit away from so thank you so much for spending some time with us thank you so much for having me so wasn't caitlin an amazing inspiring person if you want to follow her on twitter she's at caitlin ohashi and she's on the same handle for instagram too If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm on Ingham underscore Steve and the wider team at support underscore champs. You can also follow our activity on Facebook and Instagram under Supporting Champions. 